It's a new dawn. It's a new day. It's a new life for Syracuse basketball. And we're feeling good. It's a Syracuse basketball preview. There's a new coach, a new roster. Everything you need to know about this Syracuse basketball team heading into the 2023-2024 season. We're going to hit on it right now on your Locked On Syracuse Orange Basketball Preview. Let's get right after it. You are Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up? What's happening? Welcome to your Locked On Syracuse Friday episode. It's a Syracuse basketball preview here. And thank you for making Locked On Syracuse your first listen today and every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. That's your team. That's Syracuse every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app. Create an account and use code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. We're diving right in. It's crazy. It feels weird. We are starting a basketball season for the first time in a half century with a new man at the helm of Syracuse basketball. And I think it would be weird to open any other way. Adrian Autry takes over, was elevated from an assistant coaching spot last season, has spent uh, some recent years here at Syracuse. And I think it's, it's a fun transition. And you saw the immediate impact of him Uh, in the recruiting game and in the portal where guys seem to want to come and play for Syracuse once again. And that wasn't what we saw necessarily in the last few years under Jim Beha. It's exciting to see this new energy, this new spark, this younger approach to basketball that we've seen in the early going from Adrian Autry. What does this mean? What is Coach Red going to do that is so different from Jim Beha, right? He's on the same staff. He has spent most of his coaching career in central New York or with some ties to central New York, right? What differences are you going to see? We know the answer to that, right? The two, three zone is gone. Not completely. You'll see it sparingly, but this is now a man to man program like the rest of college basketball is. And Jim Beheim held on to that as long as he could, but this is a team that's going to play man. It's a team that is going to say, Hey, you know, we, we see what happens and we see how the game has changed in recent years. And we're going to play a defense that reflects that, right? When Jim Beheim took over, when you look at the early going of his career, the 2-3 zone was something that could thrive, right? In a game of basketball that relied heavily on the inside game and post presence and big men and the mid-range jumper and pull-up jump, not necessarily even pull-up jumpers. But you had maybe one, two guys you had to look out for from deep. Today's game, you've got way more three, four, maybe even five guys that can shoot the three on some of these rosters. And you've got to be wider. And the man-to-man approach allows that to happen. And that is going to be the biggest difference you see with regards to Syracuse basketball in the new frame. That is what Red Autry is going to do. And for those people uh, that were concerned, right, is there going to be a true transition? If you're just pulling from within, we're seeing it already. And the other change that you've seen in the early going, right, Syracuse has played two exhibitions, one against Damon, one against the College of St. Rose. You're going to see this Syracuse team play with the more athletic personnel 
that it is brought in and you are going to see on the floor this season. They are going to push tempo. They are going to get out and run. They are going to play a more athletic, energized style of basketball that we've seen fade out little or a little bit in recent years. Syracuse is going to play with that energy, that spark, and you're going to see it because of the versatility of the guards, the fact that this is a team that could play with four guards at a point uh, and play small ball and get out and move, and you can outlet. And so many guys that can move and transition, finish through contact, it's going to be a team that is going to want to push the tempo. And that is going to bring a new energy and a new resurgence to Syracuse basketball. I want to lead with this, right? Is it guaranteed to be a seamless transition? No. But here's my thing. We haven't seen good Syracuse basketball in the last couple of years. So if we just see a revitalized energy, a revitalized fan base, and a game of basketball and a style of basketball that energizes and excites once again, I don't need this season to be a Final Four run. If it is, hallelujah, great, love to see it. But if this is a team and a year that experiences some growing pains with a new head coach, with a new assistant coach, with a new associate head coach, with new guys from the portal, with a very, very young squad that we'll get into in a second, I'm okay if this is not an immediate perfection. And I hope that the rest of the Syracuse fan base is as well. Let's look at this team because this is where you're, you're going to spend a lot of your time. Let's look at departures to start. The two main ones are going to be Joe Girard and Jesse Edwards. Jesse Edwards, a little bit of a stinger because you saw the growth last season. I think he's replaceable. And I think that you are going to see basketball this season that isn't as much a style of play that Jesse Edwards suits. Would Jesse be a solid option at the five? For sure. Was he a sought-after transfer in the portal? Yes. But are you going to be okay without him? I think you can be all right. Joe Girard, I know three-quarters of the Syracuse fan base was overjoyed to see go. Uh, other people, myself included, you know, I, I think he didn't get enough credit here, but that's not the point. He's at Clemson, uh, and I don't think you are going to miss him defensively. I don't think you're going to miss him getting out and running, but I do think you are going to miss, you know, the three-point presence that he had when he was on, and it was inconsistent. But when he was on, that's going to be the big thing. There's two departures that are going to impact you. The rest of this team is back. You've got a lot of sophomores on this roster. You've got a lot of energy, young energy, but young energy that has pretty good experience, granted they're sophomores, right? A lot of guys that have a full season of starts under their belt. The likes of Judamitz, the likes of J.J. Starlin, the likes of um, Chris Bell and Justin Taylor chopping time, right? Um, who else in the mix there? Malik Brown with a handful of starts to his name. All right, this is a group with a lot of starts and a lot of run in the Atlantic Coast Conference. And that includes the transfers that were brought in for a lot of the time. Let's start with the guards. Let's start with the backcourt that could possibly be one of the best backcourts in the Atlantic Coast Conference, as well as college basketball, if they elevate their game and play to the ceiling that many people think they could possibly have. When you look at Judah Mitz, when you look at J.J. Starling, I see two guards that have an incredible energy, an incredible ability to finish. They facilitate very well. And I see two guys looking to grow that can continue to grow. You saw growth in the freshman year. 
right? Judah Mintz was an N NBA prospect, went and tested the draft waters, got some feedback, came back, and is now looking to do even more. He is one of the best returning players in college basketball. I don't necessarily think he gets enough credit, but I'm okay with Syracuse and some of its players flying under the radar in the early going. I'd rather shock the country than disappoint the country. And that's where I fall on that regard right now. Judah brings in this energy, this spark, and he finishes at the rim with the best of them, and he draws contact uh, and gets to the line. J.J. Starling, I think, is the perfect compliment, right? Neither of them shoot the three incredibly well. They both can shoot the ball, uh, and I think you're going to see an improvement in that. Judah struggles a little bit more from three than J.J. does. That's why you'll see J.J. at the two, Judah at the one. Um, but I think this duo is going to present an awesome opportunity for Syracuse because they don't necessarily need to play a true one-two. They can just play two guards and you outlet to whichever one you can get the ball to faster. And that is going to play into this newfound tempo, this newfound speed, this newfound transition that Red Autry and Syracuse are trying to embody in the brand new frame in 2023-2024. I love this duo. And I think although they're young, right, both of them sophomores, they present a lot of experience. And you're going to look at J.J.'s stats and say, oh, he wasn't incredible last year statistically. J.J. Starling took on a gigantic role on a struggling Notre Dame team, right? That was a team that struggled, and he had to take on a really, really heightened role in the early going. I can't wait to see what J.J. Starling is able to do in a guard tandem that allows for a lot less pressure to be on J.J., for him to be able to just play. He is back home, right? The Baldwinsville native making the return to the Dome. It's exciting to see a duo like that with expectations like they have. I saw a number of lists having them as uh, two of the top 10 sophomores in the country. That's the type of energy you've got from these guys. Let's take a quick break. Let's talk about our friends at game time, and then let's get continuing to break down this new roster and some of the newer pieces that you see on this squad. But before that, you shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to the next big event. Game Time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and the best price guarantee. Game Time makes the guesswork, or they take the guesswork, out of buying tickets. There's last-minute tickets. There's flash deals. There's zone deals. It's easy to find and buy the tickets for any kind of event in your area. You can see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N COLLEGE for $20 off. Locked on College. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 
It's your Syracuse basketball preview on the Lockdown Syracuse Friday episode. Let's continue taking a look at this roster and, and the guys that you're going to see as big contributors to this team. We talked Judah. We talked JJ. They're going to be your one and two uh, throughout the year. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the other sort of set in stone starter at this point, and that's Naheem McLeod, the Florida State transfer, uh, the big man, the tallest player in Syracuse basketball history, towering at seven feet, four inches. I saw him out and about uh, over the summer when he got to Syracuse. Gigantic, unbelievable. And he's actually got some decent size to him. He's not a pure twig uh, down there. He's actually a little bit of a tree. Uh, He's a guy that is not going to be thunderous offensively, but what he is is a presence down low. He can be a shot blocker. He can get rebounds. And as we've seen in the preseason games so far, the exhibitions at the Orange have played, he can finish when you need him to, right? He had a decent post move in the most recent game. Uh, he, he plays simple, right? You're going to see the lobs to him, especially as Syracuse, right, with those guards that can get to the rim, with those players that can put the ball on the floor and get to the rack. Help defense is going to leave Naheem McLeod open a lot of the time. Little lob. You're going to see him basically not even jump and throw the ball down. That is what being seven foot four allows you to do. It's embarrassing how little he has to jump for the people around him to dunk the basketball. But that's what you're going to get out of him. Is he going to be a guy that's putting up 15 to 20 a game? No. Maybe once or twice the year. Sure, that could happen. But this is going to be a guy that is going to get his points where they come. Right, He's not going to create all that much. He can occasionally, but I think this is going to be the beneficiary of putbacks, of rebounds, and of help defense and a quick dump off to him uh, to get him his fill. I expect him to be maybe an 8-8 eight and eight type player, uh, which I think with the way this team is and the scores that this team might have, I think 8-8 eight and eight out of Naheem McLeod is going to be something that is a winning formula for this basketball team. I like what he does down low. Uh, I like his energy. If you get a chance to talk to him, he's a really cool dude. Uh, Interesting guy, fun conversation to have. If you missed it, right when he committed, or right before he committed, he came on the podcast. So we've talked with him. Really cool dude. Uh, But I I like his presence down low. Now, where things get a little bit funky is, is the forward position. And Syracuse brings back its four forwards from last year. It brings back Malik Brown. It it brings back Benny Williams. It brings back Justin Taylor. It brings back Chris Bell. Now, where the minutes in this group come, we're not really sure yet. I'll give a little bit of a prediction in a second, but let's just break the four of them down. Um, Justin Taylor has really shined in the exhibitions, and I like what I've seen out of him. Seems like he can score. Seems like he's playing confidently. And the biggest thing that stands out to me about Justin Taylor so far, and I know it's two exhibitions against far inferior opponents. I like his rebound. He's been crashing the boards. He's been finding the ball uh, and being able to push in transition as a result of it. One of Syracuse's biggest weaknesses last year at the forward position was rebound. And to see Justin Taylor seem to have that elevated approach, that mentality, like, I'm going to get the ball. I'm going to find that rebound, and I am going to crash the boards every single time this ball is in the air. I like what that does for him. I look what that does for this team. And I think it's going to result in Justin Taylor finding his name called quite a bit. And you might even see him in the starting five. I like his versatility. I like that he can shoot the ball. I like that he's a big, he could play the two, three, or four with pretty good confidence. And you're not really going to see a dip in this team with him on the court at any of those positions. 
From there, we'll go to Chris Bell. Chris Bell, I think I'm going to say could be the best shooter out of the forwards when he's on. But we saw last year, Bell had some inconsistencies and, and was cold at times. And when he's on and having those days, you love to see it. Uh, but he has been cold uh, in, in the past. And, and in the most recent exhibition, you know, and, and he's been able to find the basket and score a little bit. Uh, I think he's a guy that deserves his minutes. He's a guy that can get out and run. We saw early last year, he had a huge dunk uh, in one of the non-conference games where we're like, okay, I didn't, I didn't know Chris Bell could do that. I didn't know he had that in him, right? This is a guy struggling for one rebound in a game. He's getting out in transition and dunking over people. I think you have it with Chris Bell. We just haven't necessarily seen it activated. And until that happens and until that's consistent, I think that might be a mild hindrance on the amount of run that he gets, especially if guys like Justin Taylor, Malik Brown, and Benny Williams are successful in the rebounding game. Let's go to Malik Brown, a guy who who sat out the game against St. Rose with a precautionary you – know, I, I respect it. I, I like the idea of the precaution, right? It's a St. Rose exhibition game. Do not push things. If you are not 100%, do not force someone back. Uh, Malik Brown, I like – how his game works into the transition. One of the strongest assets I saw from him last year, uh, he had some games where he struggled. He had some games where he was great. But I really did enjoy his presence on the run in transition. I think he transitions really solid for a forward and and, and can get out and move and and finish uh, when this team pushes the tempo. And I think that's going to be something that is one of his strongest attributes this year. I'd like to see if he's grown a little bit more in terms of consistency. But I thought last year he was a good spark at times coming in off the bench when he started. It sort of dwindled a little bit, but early going, uh, he had that spark. And and I liked what he did there. And we'll talk Benny Williams, right? The guy who has been in the news the most recently. Uh, a, A temporary suspension, a very short suspension, for a violation of team rules. We don't know what that is. I talked about it yesterday. I don't necessarily care what it is. Uh, figure it out. I like that Adrian Autry put the foot down and said, hey, right, I don't care if you're a veteran presence, but this is not acceptable. We are not going to do that, whatever it was. And I'm going to show this team and I'm going to show future players, current players, this coaching staff, whoever, you're not messing around in the new transition, in the new era of Syracuse basketball with Adrian Autry. I think it's a really good decision and the timing of it, right? A preseason game, make the point early in a preseason game so that you have set the precedent, set the example to where no one else is going to do it. But Benny Williams is a big question. He has had a very up and down career. One of the most highly touted recruits that Syracuse has had recently comes in and he said it in an interview with Donna DeToto the other day. He was not ready for the role he was asked to play his freshman year. Year two, struggle, right? Had some good games early, had some bad games early, had some bad games, struggle, struggle, struggle. Finished the season really, really solid. And we're hoping that he continues that when he returns this season, whether that's after another game or whatever, right? We expect to see another solid run from Benny Williams to build off of that momentum. He is the lone three-year guy that's been at Syracuse for three years. He is the veteran presence on this squad, and I hope that he can lead by example more and more as the season goes on. So we've hit Judah. We've hit JJ. We've hit Malik Brown. 
We have hit Benny Williams, Chris Bell, Justin Taylor, Naheem McLeod. Now there's three guys that, you know, we're trying to figure out what their roles are. And the biggest name in that mix is Quadir Copeland. This is a player who is incredibly fun to watch. He is the true spark off the bench. When he comes in, people seem to elevate. People seem to want to play. And he plays with that heightened energy. It was you know, a little bit out of control at times. I will say that. But he played this sort of street ball style where he can throw the ball and pass with the best of them. And he shoots the ball okay. Uh, and I think he's a guy that I would like to find five to ten minutes a game for this season pretty consistently because I do like that spark that he brings. And, you know, I don't want to get into this all too much, but I, I feel like if there's a player that gets lost uh, out of the returners, it, it's Quadir Copeland. And that is not a knock on him as much as it's a nod to what we'll talk about in a second. It's a team with some depth. It's a team with some names and some players and multiple guys off of the bench that deserve some run. Next, we got Kyle Cuff Jr. He, he's also a bit of a question mark. I think even more so than Quadir Copeland, right? The, the Kansas transfer, he comes in, he didn't play much, if at all, since he got to Kansas. So we haven't really seen much in two years from him. Turned the ball over a good amount against Damon, if I remember correctly, four turnovers, I believe. Um, but one thing I've seen from him that if Syracuse has the recurring struggles that it had last year, Kyle Cuff's a guy that has rebounded pretty well in the exhibition so far, and a guy that if Syracuse is struggling to rebound, could find himself on the floor a little bit more. Uh, what else about his game we're really going to see thrive? I don't know yet. We saw two games where he's played about what he played against Damon. He played, you know, 20 minutes. He's got, you know, less than a full game's worth of run in the last two seasons. I don't know how many conclusions I can jump to yet. Last one, Peter Carey, a guy that I, I think is fun to watch. Uh, he is a guy that's going to play um, behind McLeod, maybe William Patterson in the mix too. I don't necessarily know about that. Um, I, I think Kerry showed last year that he wasn't quite physically ready to play at this level, um, but hopefully the offseason, the season of practices, and, and continued work has elevated him to a guy that you know can be a solid option between him and William Patterson. You know, a solid option at that backup center spot behind Naheem McLeod. All right, one more break, and then we'll wrap this show up with what you should expect, what we can think of this team, a quick look at the schedule, and just some general ideas about this Syracuse basketball team in the fresh season. All right, let's talk a little bit about prize picks to round things out today. With a basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from that specials league over at the Prize Picks app. Uh, so you go on there, you find the specials. It's a league created specifically for combo projections. That includes two or more players from different sports or leagues, for example, LeBron James and Travis Kelsey, at 10.5 combined three pointers made and receptions. You can also play alongside a Prize Picks favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz. You can now find community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the prize pick community each week. Prize picks even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play. Even if one of your players gets injured for football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. Prize picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance 
policy. I think it's fun. It's simple to do. And it's a nice twist on a market that has been incredibly uh, large lately, right? Continues to grow and continues to be a big part of watching sports and participating in sports from the comfort of your home or wherever you are. So go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Final stretch here on your Syracuse basketball preview on your locked on Syracuse Friday episode. Your boy OV taking you through Syracuse basketball, what you should expect from this team in the new season, right? We talked about how the new coach can impact things. The new roster, we broke the whole thing down. Uh, Let's take a look at what this team you can expect, right? This is a new squad, a new coach, a new everything. Uh, And I think your expectations should reflect that. Can you be excited? Yes. Should you be excited? Yes, right? This is a newfound energy surrounding Syracuse basketball that I think will continue to build as the season goes on, right? You have just four games into your schedule, one of the most exciting things that Syracuse basketball has had regular season-wise in recent history with the Maui, right? This is a tournament that is going to be electric. You've got top 10 teams all over the place, Tennessee, Purdue, Gonzaga. You're going to play two out of the three of them in your first two games in Maui. If you're a fan and you're not excited for that, why are you watching Syracuse basketball? In all honesty, right? That is what you want. You've got three tune-up games. You're going to play what should be a 3-0 start. New Hampshire, Canisius, Colgate, they've had your number, but can you come back and win? You better. But you got three tune-up games, and then you go into what is going to be one of the most exciting and probably is the most exciting preseason or early season tournament in college basketball this season. You've had success in the Maui historically. I'd love to see Syracuse get a big-time marquee win uh, in Hawaii and be able to bring that back to the 315 and continue to build off of that energy. What a start to Adrian Autry's tenure at Syracuse would that be, right? I think this is a team that you can expect to be more fun to watch than last year. That's what you should expect. There's a team that is going to enjoy things a lot more, play a more exciting style of basketball, and can really go out and beat teams. Is this a Final Four team? I don't think so. Is this an NCAA tournament team? That I firmly believe. I think this is a team that you're going to see not, you know, as a top four seed in the tournament, but I think it's a team that you might be able to exhale on Selection Sunday and just say, all right, you know, Syracuse is in the tournament. Who is their opponent? Maybe a seven seed, something along those lines, an eight, nine matchup, right? You're not on the bubble. uh, You're not a ranked team, but you're right in that buffer is sort of where I project this team out. I will say this. I look at national rankings. I look at Ken Palm, who's got Syracuse at 105. I look at the ACC preseason poll that's got Syracuse at 10th, at the bottom third, right at the top of the bottom third of the conference. I look at national disrespect. I look at Adrian Autry listed as the second to worst coach in the Atlantic Coast Conference. I think you should expect this team to raise some eyebrows in a positive way, and have some people saying, look at what's going on in central New York. Take a look at Syracuse and watch them play basketball because I think that that is the type of team this is. My prediction would be that this is a team that, you know, makes the NCAA tournament 
and loses in the round of 32. And I think that that would be considered a year one success for Adrian Autry. Could they do better than that? Very much so. Could they do worse than that? Yes, they could. But this is a team that I think has a lot of potential uh, and a lot of energy. And as a Syracuse fan, you should be excited for the new dawn here. It's how I open the episode. It's how I'll close it. It's a new dawn. It's a new day. It's a new life for Syracuse basketball. And we're feeling good. That's where we'll wrap things up. Excited. Game one on Monday, just three days away. Uh, We'll have a preview episode coming out Monday morning, talking a little bit more of the intricacies of that game, things to look out for. You know the deal. Syracuse football plays tonight. Uh, I don't know if I'll talk about it. I'm not a huge person of talking about Syracuse football right now. I don't want to. Uh, But if, you know, coaching things make for an episode, we'll talk about that uh, probably Saturday. Uh, But that'll do it. Thank you. Be kind. Have a great weekend. Do something nice for somebody. Enjoy Daylight Savings, your extra hour on Sunday, and have a good one.